This is Don Frederico. Earlier this year, I interviewed Boston IP attorney Ching Fang, a former colleague of mine who is currently the president of the Boston Bar Association. At the beginning of the interview, Ching told me the remarkable story of his family's rescue from Saigon in 1975 in the final days of the Vietnam War and his recent renewed contact with the American naval personnel from the USS Duluth who rescued them. I held that exciting portion of our conversation for this separate bonus episode of Higher Callings. Enjoy! started uh, in those early years because you were telling me the story of how you and your family came to the United States. And I just found it so compelling. And I know you've told that story in different formats and, and in different to different audiences before. Uh, but I'd love to have the podcast listeners hear about your, your story. I know you were 10 years old at the time that the United States military evacuated South Vietnam and your family lived there. Can you, can you go ahead and just narrate a, a kind of a short version of that story? Sure, sure. For those in the audience who may not know, but the Vietnam War ended in um, 1975. And officially, the war ended on April 30th. 1975, the day that Saigon fell. So that's the day that my family and I left Vietnam. Prior a few days to that, you know, Vietnam or Saigon was really under a 24-hour curfew. And um, my dad, because of, of his education, knew that, that he was going to be, you know, he wasn't going to be treated well. So he decided that, you know, he wanted to, um, that he needed to, I should say, take the family and leave Vietnam. We had no idea where we were going. We just knew at the time that the Americans, the Australians, the French, and some of the other countries were out in the in the um, South China Sea, the Pacific. And our goal was to somehow make it out there. So my dad had a couple of friends at the naval base, and he was able to um, get us into the naval base and, and um, onto one of the... Um, Three river patrol boats, if you can imagine the movie Apocalypse Now, sure. the, the one of those river patrol boats. So we were we were on one of those three boats, and we actually left the night of the 29th. But the the events were just so bad that we went back to the base, wait waited out for things to calm down, and left the next day. And again, you were 10 years old when this. I was, I was 10 right? years old. Yes. Um, there's there's a lot happening, but but I'll 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 um I'll just highlight some of the interesting things that 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 happened on that that journey. And, and by the way, just to set it a little more, yeah. not only were you ten years old, but you didn't speak any English. Correct. I, I didn't speak English. Uh, fortunately, my parents did. Um, okay. And so, um, but but I you know had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I knew they spoke French because they were Vietnamese. So in <laughs> but but in English, I knew my dad. But my mom, I I was surprised actually just. To 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 um to hear her speak English when when she did start speaking English, but you know we left we left um and went down the the um the Saigon River, and um there were there were three boats in the caravan, but at some point one of those boats got separated, and long story short with that is that th that boat actually made it out when we came to the U.S. We we found out that that it did make it out, so that that was good news, but 
once we got to the Delta and we were about to hit the Pacific Ocean, um, we knew we had to, to um, um, you know, hook up with a bigger boat, right? That, that was, yeah. you know, seaworthy. And so we, we were able to track down what I call, you know, maybe like an, uh, like a, I don't know, maybe it was like an oil frigate or something, something a little bit bigger, right? Okay. We got to the boat and then my brother, my he's, he's a year younger than me. He decided to jump on to the other boat first before anyone could say anything. He decided to jump on. And then the captain of the other boat decided not to allow us to come on. And he took off with my brother <laughs> on that boat. And, Great. and so, with your nine-year-old uh, brother. He was and nine, yes. By the way, while all of this was happening, was, was there still fighting going on? Oh, yeah, on, absolutely. There was, was it going on fighting. around you or was it back uh, on yes, the on, mainland? I mean, we're on, on the river, right? So fighting is happening on, on, on the shores there. But but yeah, you know, we were we were able to manage to to, to um to catch up to to the um, to that boat and and you know that captain finally allowed us to all come on, um and then we we got to to um was that know, an American I, boat? No, this is Vietnamese. That's and a Vietnamese. So, okay. Yeah. So so we were on there. Um, I would say, you know, probably a hundred or so people on this on this little boat. I just remember my parents had the foresight to bring with them. My mom actually some medication, medicine to help with all the sickness, you know, the seasickness and what have you. And she people, had worked in a hospital. In yeah, Saigon, she, yeah, right? she was a um, she was a nurse, and so that was really helpful. But we we got out to the Pacific, you know. So we left on the thirtieth. I think we got out to the Pacific probably on the first or so, and we were just floating out there, hoping someone would pick us up, right? And I just remember circling around this big ship that had a big number six on the side. It turned out to be the USS Duluth. But, um, you know, what's interesting is that as we were circling the um, USS Duluth, that American ship would send out like a couple of parties to kind of gauge whose friend, whose foe, before they decide to pick pick us up. And um, once they got to our little boat, as a friendly gesture, the people on our boat gave them all the guns on our on our little boat. The Americans took the guns and then they took off, <laughs> and we're all left scratching our heads. Like we thought we were going to be rescued, and then the Americans decided to take off. But fortunately, they did return later, and they rescued us. They brought us up onto the USS Duluth, which was what kind of ship? It's a um. Oh, it's an LPD six, which is a you know a ship that that carries amphibious vehicles like like a beach landing vehicles. Okay, things that that you would see like during what the inv- Normandy invasion, right? With where the troops were transported onto shore there. So that's a boat that 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 had a lot of those amphibious vehicles. Yeah. You know, there. So um, we were there. You know, we we got onto to the the the, the ship. I just remember having to climb on the side uh, up these ladders on the side of the ship as the ship was just bobbing up and down. And if you can imagine, it's pretty high up. And yeah. you're 10 years old. You know, it's it's pretty darn scary. Yeah. And so I, I remember telling myself, just don't look down. Just look up and just walk <laughs> up. Don't look down because if you do, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> right? And so we, we got up to to the, um, you know, onto the, the, the ship and they directed us up to um, like the third level, the very top level. And that's where uh, my family kind of, pitch camp for the next few days. Mm-hmm. What was fortunate 
for us was that we got hit with like storms, you know, like rain, and it was just typhoon like <laughs> storms. Wow. Like and and being on the top deck there was very fortunate because all the 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 downpour was just kind of go down to the next few levels, right? So we escaped all the all of that, and um, you know after a couple of days, so we we got picked up on the second of May, okay, um, and it was the last day of Operation Frequent Wind. So the Americans had about 18 ships, you know, kind of situated out in the the South Pacific there, um, in the South China Sea, just looking to pick up Vietnamese who were leaving Vietnam. And and so we were just fortunate because that was the last day they picked us up and that was the end of the operation, right? They left, all the ships left. And so um, we were taken to- How did um, they treat you on the ship? Oh, they they were very very kind, right? Um, but they didn't know what Vietnamese ate. Yeah. So no. <laughs> they and, didn't have the Vietnamese so, cuisine ready for you when you. No, 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 exactly. They had cooked for us for a number of meals, just essentially rice porridge with Vienna sausages, and so <laughs> I can still taste the Vienna <laughs> sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I've ever seen but, that but, on a menu anywhere. It was food, anywhere. right? So, so, um, and, and and but we were just grateful yeah. to to have been rescued. Well, I'm glad they treated you well, and I'm not, of course, I'm not surprised. Um, but uh, I, I'm glad the experience was good for you, at least in that respect. Yeah, and 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 what was interesting was, um, you know, a f- couple of years ago when we visited Duluth, I um I course start corresponding with one of the crew members who actually told me he was on that third deck standing guard right by where we were situated because I described clearly in my little story where we were situated. And he said, I know exactly where you were. I was standing right there. And he apologized for for basically having a gun right next to our family. Oh. It was very, and and we're, we're looking to figure out a way to, to kind of you know, get together, perhaps at a future um, reunion of the USS Duluth Crew Member Association. Yeah. So, um, you and your family were rescued by, I think it was the Seventh Fleet of the U.S. Yes, Navy? the USS Duluth was part of the U.S. Seventh Fleet. Okay. We w- we were taken to to Subic Bay in the Philippines, then flown to Guam, mm-hmm. where we were processed. And after about five days, we were flown to Arkansas, where um, we were situated at a um, refugee camp in in Arkansas. And that was at a military base, uh, Fort. It was. Chaffee, it was. I think it was. Yeah, called? Fort Chaffee. Yeah. Chaffee. In, in yeah, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. So that that camp subsequently was used as a place to accommodate a lot of the Cuban refugees back in the nineties. Okay. And you were there for how long, Ching? I was there for three months. And and my dad, you know, there were families that, that left fairly early. The thing was that you, if you wanted to leave, you had to get a sponsor. And then that sponsor will work with your family to help you acclimate, assimilate, and so on and so forth. So my dad said, we're not, we're not leaving the camp until I could find a job. So he finally located a job. With a, you know, he's a chemical engineer. Yeah. He fi- got a job with a company in Des Moines, Iowa, and that's when we we left the camp and we moved to Des Moines, Iowa. You had My sponsors. Case of, yeah. You had sponsors there in Iowa. Yeah, so it was a church that that sponsored us, and so um, so yeah, no, no, you know, life couldn't have been 
you know, much, oh, I should say it was very different, right, than, than what I was used to in, in, in Saigon. If you can imagine, Saigon in 1975 was a city of probably three plus million people. Yeah. And um, to go to Des Moines, Iowa, where there were approximately 200,000 people. It was yeah. a, a yeah. huge I've been to Des Moines. I've never been to Saigon, but I've been to Des Moines and I, I know how small and quaint and you know, yeah. pleasant a town it is. It, it is. It is. Yeah. You know, people in, in, in Iowa and in generally in the Midwest, I think, are very friendly. And yeah. I think we were very fortunate to have landed in the Midwest as, as you know, the initial you know, starting point for our lives in, in, in the U.S. Well, you know, it's a, it's a compelling story. I, yeah. I, I at least am one person who has never heard the story from the point of view of the rescued refugee. Um, so uh, thank you for sharing that. And then just to kind of cap this off, years later, um, there was a museum, I guess, at some point created in Duluth, uh, Minnesota, yes. for... Uh, the USS Duluth, and yes. you had heard about it, and and then you—it's an interesting story. And yeah, just, why don't you tell that just briefly? Yeah, it, my my once I had kids, right, I, I would start telling them the story of my journey from Vietnam to the U.S. It's just as a a you know bedtime story, right? Yeah. And and um, you know, got to a point where they—if I leave out something—they would remind me, "Dad, you forgot this. You need to go back and and tell me about this." But but my wife thought it was a really interesting story, and I needed to memorialize mm -hmm. the story. And so I started um, writing this down, and 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 that got me to thinking that there's a lot of gaps, you know, when when I was doing that. And so I need I start doing research, and periodically, you know, I go on various website and 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 do some research, and I would visit the the USS Duluth website because that was the ship that rescued us and july of 2019 i saw that that the crew member association was trying to raise money to build a museum to um to you know showcase all the artifacts from the ship the ship had since been decommissioned and scrapped right and and the, the artifacts are now being shut you know kept and, and and displayed at a temporary museum in in um it's the st louis county historical society in duluth minnesota and so the um, the crew member association, you know, they were selling these bricks to support the fundraising effort. So I bought one, and I had a um, a, a little inscription written on there was, you know, rescued May second, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, I'm, I'm tearing up here. So I'm I'm trying to remember the oh, story. Gee. And so, literally the next day, the president of the crew member association, the USS Duluth Crew Member Association, reached out to me. And said, I, you know, we've never had, we've never come across anyone that we've rescued it, since 1975. So you can imagine it had been 44 years, and I was the first one that, wow. that they'd come across. And so he immediately, you know, started, you know, talking to me, trying to figure out how we can reconnect my family with the ship and with some of the crew members. And um, long story short, he said, let's let's invite you out to Duluth, Minnesota, and why don't we have you meet up with the mayor and then create this whole day for you to kind of visit the various sites. Once we showed up in um, October of 2019, right after I ran the, uh, the Chicago Marathon, I didn't realize what was going to happen, but essentially we, we met with the mayor 
And then she had a press conference. They had the newspaper, the TV stations, it was all there. And the, the mayor declared October 15th, 2019 as the Farm Family Day. Isn't that very great? touching? <laughs> who, who went with you? That who went so, with you? So yeah, that? it was it was my my parents, yeah, my sister and my wife, and then also the the individual that that sponsored us in Des Moines, Iowa. So he he was um he was 28 years old back in 1975. He was a lawyer, yeah. um, grew up in in Acton, Massachusetts here. Oh really? But went out to Wisconsin for 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 college and then and then um moved to um, Des Moines, Iowa, once he met his wife in college there. But we reconnected back in 2012 because his dad passed away. And I was invited to attend the the ceremony at the Bourne Cemetery because his dad was military. And then we found out that we both love running. And so he he came to Boston, I think, in, in later in 2012 to run the Boston Marathon. Yeah, right? great. And then we've, 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 been in touch since, right? Because of our love of running. That was a really interesting day. We we ended up just, you know, visiting a lot of the the memorials dedicated to the USS Duluth. And then just just had a wonderful time meeting the people, getting to know a lot of the crew members that showed up. And and I have two two things about the, the visit with the crew members. I, I have to say is that my mom walked up to this one individual and just said, I remember you. And, and that was from out, 44 years? This yes, was 44, 44 years, years ago. Turned out he was the guy. He was the guy that pulled us from our little boat. Really? <laughs> onto, onto, wow. onto the USS Duluth. He was one of two people that was, was designated to go out and rescue the Vietnamese. I guess, onto the, <laughs> I guess that's the kind of person you don't forget over the years, right? Uh, yeah. And, and so he was you. really touched when he, he heard that my mom, you know, when, when she told him that she remembered him. Good for her. And then the, the, other, the other piece of this you know, during the visit was I just happened to recount the story of how the, the um, crew members from, from the USS Duluth just took our guns and, and took yeah. off. Yeah, and sure enough, one of the officers from the USS Duluth was in attendance, and he he told me the reason why it was his his decision to basically take the gun, right, and then we, he had to assess whether or not we were friend or foe. Sure, he had to protect and, his crew. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and and so so initially it, it was just to make that determination. Once he, they felt that we were were friendly. He he sent the, the team back and, and 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 took us onto the USS Salute. So really, really interesting opportunity for me to kind of just kind of tie up a lot of the loose ends. Yeah. <laughs> when, especially when you were a ten year old, and you're looking and you're seeing all these things, and you had no idea what was going on. And my parents, you know, they they weren't. I don't think they were really focused on that. They were just trying to figure out how to get rescued and survive, right? So sure, sure. I had the luxury of just kind of observing a lot of things. So yeah. a lot of things I brought up to my dad, he said he doesn't remember, but he was he was glad that I do. Yeah, I, I did remember a lot of Good. those things. So. Good. This has been an episode of Higher Callings. Your host is Donald Federico. Music is provided by Fancy Mountain, and our logo was designed by Matt Pedro. The associate producer is Brian Federico. Higher Callings is a production of Frederico Media, LLC.